About a year ago, a podcast was created bringing all of the DC TV talk shows together to discuss the new CW show, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. But as often happens, life changes and they all left. Bell was tasked to find new hosts and tried to entice such broadcast names as Alexander Burr, Bo Yorkshire, and even David Hasselhoff. But after receiving a stream of no's and things thrown at him by David Hasselhoff, he had to take the first two listeners who came along and would work for free. That's us. We're not professionals. We're not heroes, but we are... Straight out of the timeline and right into your ears. I'm Belbo Baggins. I'm Gandalf. And I'm not going to come up with something clever, so I'm Will. (laughs) And this is Tolkien TV Talk. (laughs) Rather, this is Legends TV Talk, where we talk about this week's Legends Who's Tolkien? I only want to talk about Tolkien. Tolkien? I've said it wrong for years now. I just realized this. I have said Tolkien wrong. No, it's Tolkien. I don't know why they said Tolkien. I'm sure it's the British way of saying it, but the Americanized way, it's Tolkien. Yeah, and here in America, we're American. We say it how Americans would. Right. Like like Van Gogh. It's supposed to be Van Gogh. Gogh. And and we make circles with our thumb and forefinger and then three fingers out to emphasize the point. It's going to be an excellent (laughs) episode of Legends Talk. Huge. We got the best talent. The best talent ever. (laughs) It's really fantastic. (laughs) So, yeah. uh, (laughs) What is it? So this is Jurassic TV Park. Jurassic TV Park talk. Trump, Trump, <laughs> Trump, Trump, Jurassic Park talk. Trump, Asic, Park TV Legends talk. Dot com. Quick. Huge, <laughs> huge. <laughs> That's a huge name. Anyway, so yeah, this is uh, this is Legends TV talk, and I am Bell, and uh, Kyle and Will, as always, here with me today, and we're going to talk to you, our glorious listener. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> Both of you. Uh, Hi, Mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, about some legends. Legends of tomorrow. <laughs> Very interesting episode today. Well, but, but before we get into that, how are you gentlemen doing this afternoon? I'm wonderful. I went and saw Beauty and the Beast. I've had I've been put on painkillers now, and, and uh, I'm under a suicide watch. And uh, otherwise, I'm good. It was that bad, huh? No, it wasn't actually. It was all right. I just, you know, it's not my type of movie, but my girlfriend really loved it. So I, <laughs> so I, I try to be positive. So is it, because uh, I, I noticed with uh, uh, the other, uh, what was it, uh, Jungle Book, that yes. I like. I liked the Jungle Book movie. I thought it was pretty good, but the uh, songs kind of detracted for me. Was it the same way here with this one, where the songs just kind of felt like they were forced in there? And No. Okay. No, the song, it was really kind of well done. I thought they did a good job with it. It's just, you know, it's not my movie. It's, it's about a princess who wants to marry a, you know. Here's the what? problem I had with it. I'll be honest with you. Why couldn't she just marry the big, hairy, fat guy? No, 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 no. He has to turn into a prince. Well, because bestiality is wrong. <laughs> and we get down to the, uh, the, the true meaning of Beauty and the Beast is that Walt Disney hated anything that was not hetero missionary and <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that on flash tv talk. i know i, <laughs> well, I shouldn't say it here but <laughs> uh but yeah yeah walt disney uh very uh if you if you read a lot of stuff about him not a very good person uh, no. <laughs> and that's all i'm going to say about that but kyle Hello. you are currently in the middle of a storm that I think is now done. <laughs> that was the uh, dramatic storm music Absolutely. that's going to play every time we hear a thunderbolt come through Kyle's yes. microphone. Well, that's going to not happen ev- anymore because I think the the <laughs> storm's over with. Oh, man, that's sad. But everything's oh, should have recorded earlier. It could be the eye. It could be the eye. He could have a whole rest of it to go. That's true. I could. But I uh, hope for that. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, but it hadn't been that bad, right? It's not like a you know. No, it's not like it's not like flash floods, cats and dogs living together. It's total chaos or anything. Okay. Nope, it's nothing like that. We're good. We're it. good. Yeah, excellent. 
So uh, now that we have all of our formalities out of the way, I think it's time for a history lesson. And now, gentle listener, it is time for a history lesson on Legends TV Talk. All right, season two, episode 15, Fellowship of the Spear. Fellowship of the Spear. Yes. Directed by Ben Bray, written by Kito Shimizu and Matthew Mala. Kyle, let me know what happened this episode. The Legends must devise a plan to retrieve the last remaining fragments of the Spear of Destiny from the Legion of Doom. They find themselves in France at the height of World War I, faced with the knowledge that they must destroy the mystical object. They enlist the help of a soldier by the name of John Ronald Raoul Tolkien and find that the spear is leading them into the heart of the war. Meanwhile, the team must all resist the temptation of the spear and the return of a former teammate. (laughs) Yes. Sometimes that's, my mouse double clicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's that's the perfect uh, <laughs> the perfect bit for after reading all of these summaries. I love it. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I do concur. Yeah. So this episode really really fun. I enjoyed this episode. Uh, me too. It it seemed it seemed really quick. Was that just me or, or did it seem quick to you guys? Like I I just remember watching it and all of a sudden it's over, and I wanted to see next week's episode. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but there was a lot a lot of stuff going on there. Um, there are some interesting things and there's some less interesting things, but, uh, let's, let's dive into it. So we start out with the team, they're on the ship and they know the stuff and the things and they figure out through the power of the brains where all of the Legion has been uh, working from the Legion of doom, of course. Well, and rip. well, Is it the American Legion halls. Cause I kind of wondered the American Legion, what the American Le- the halls of the American legions. Oh, yes. Because they're a legion. (laughs) I think that one deserves crickets. Yes, sir. I agree wholeheartedly. I do concur. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, so, you know, Rip figures it out, and they say, okay, great, we got to go to the vanishing point. Now, uh, was it just me, or did anyone else think that the vanishing point should have been completely destroyed? It was just like pieces of debris floating everywhere. It should have been completely destroyed, unless... They figured out a way to, I mean, build things. The Legion, that is. Well, Kyle, yeah. I mean, do you think they went back and they rebuilt the place? Or they just it, or it, just didn't explode as much? From the looks of it, um, I mean, when they went outside, when Thawne was running after them, it looked like the place was destroyed. But it looked like, I mean, there was still stuff standing. So, yeah. I mean, they could have rebuilt some stuff. I mean, uh, Thawne could have just zipped on by and replaced stuff yeah the, the, <laughs> the, the question of whether or not they had the time in order to rebuild a a place that is outside of time and b a place where they have a speedster it's kind of a moot point so yeah yeah but yeah it was it was neat for them to go back there uh the, the, the building though that i thought was the weirdest to see intact was the epicenter of the blast so mm-hmm. as they're as right. they're going through they're looking uh for the piece of the spear and each piece uh kind of calls out to the rest of them so they're kind of you know they split up on the ship because they got to protect everything and and they uh mick and sarah end up in the room that was the epicenter of the blast now i wouldn't expect this to be there yet it was and i was kind of surprised by that could this be how they saved uh, – I mean, I think they said earlier in time, but, you know, couldn't it be how they saved uh, Leonard? So I don't think so because uh, he mentions that they tell the story about – like when he, when he comes back, he says, yeah, they told me about how I got soft and then, you know, sacrificed myself to save you losers. So I think they got him at an earlier point in time, but I was kind of halfway yeah, expecting, okay. yeah, like I was kind of halfway expecting since since the the state of the room was in the condition that it was in, that Mick was going to find like a piece of his jacket or his goggles or something like that in the debris, and uh, that was going to you know trigger some kind of character reversal because that that seems to be the theme of this of this episode is like how are we going to completely change all the character development with Mick that we've made over you know two seasons of this show. Uh, 
And this is where they kind of started sowing those seeds because Mick is kind of sitting there and he's in this weird sort of state. And that's when Sarah comes up and it's like, Hey Mick, you okay? You know, everybody misses Captain Cold too, but you know, we got a job to do. And, uh, they, uh, go about the rest of the mission. But this was interesting though. This was, uh, the, the, I, I was not expecting them <laughs> to do this at all. But as soon as they get into the vanishing point, who do we see, uh, uh, take point on one of the teams? With, with, uh, this is like Rip's team. Uh, none other than Firestorm. Like, I was totally expecting <laughs> them to come up with some kind of reason as to why they couldn't send their most powerful hero on this mission into the place where the bad guys are. What did you guys think about that? I'm glad I, you guys finished. Oh, go ahead, Kyle. Sorry. Well, Sorry. my thinking is this. My thinking is this. I knew when I saw Firestorm, Mick's going to use the gun. Because <laughs> I think I am absolutely right. I think. That they they're like we're gonna get both uses of the effect out of this, and if if there's firestorm, mix fire in the fire gun. Yeah, and yeah. it does. <laughs> so we need to keep that. You know, I want to keep an eye on that. Every time we see firestorm, we see Mick shoot a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, and telling. by the way, I'll note Stein still did not go outside. Yes, he did. Thank you. When? Yes, he did. Well, yeah, he was, I, I, he was in he was in the Hun camp. Uh, no, oh. but but he was in a tent though, right? He was still, uh, yeah, he, he was, was still, still technically outside. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, they didn't he... shoot him outside. Maybe Victor Garber is just a vampire. Maybe they're not playing Martin as a vampire. Yeah, I think it's just Victor Garber. Victor Garber is definitely a vampire. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll get more on, into we'll whether or not Victor Garber <laughs> is a vampire. But Kyle, yeah, was it was it? Uh, did you were you expecting to see Jax this early in an episode? When they've refrained from using him for, it seems like the last three at least. I wasn't. I was expecting it to be uh, um, later in the episode, but now that we know, it really doesn't make sense for Firestorm to be in World War One. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense that he was there at the vanishing point. Okay. Yeah, because I, you know, I was kind of figuring they would, you know, come up with some cheesy plot line about how, oh no, we can't send. Firestorm in here because when we landed the ship got damaged by debris and but they didn't have that and, and it makes you know it, it's great that they actually thought to send their strongest dude into the bad guy's stronghold yes yeah. <laughs> so, and they and they yeah. did it perfectly because of the transmutation with the jelly beans oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so that was my next point like that was pretty cool right so they go uh the, the spear pulls them to this weird obelisk looking thing and we finally get to see a power of firestorms that we haven't seen in, gosh, how long? How long? A has while. It been? It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah, it's 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 been multiple episodes uh, since we've actually seen some transmutation. Heck, since we've seen you know firestorm in action, there's been deathstorm, uh, but it, it, that's that wasn't a very good effect there i think it's 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 a, yeah that wasn't really what we were looking for but uh we finally got some firestorm we got some transmutations that we hadn't seen in a while and uh we now know that rip hunter's favorite candy is jelly beans uh totally a time lord yeah i know right <laughs> <laughs> so but here's my question now the transmutation it transmutes matter into other things now right. i don't know what the obelisk was made of but does it seem strange to either one of you that the pile of jelly beans that we got is uh, actually like really small? Now, those very, very dense jelly beans, and that's why Rip thinks they're so delicious because they're dense with flavor. <laughs> <laughs> or am I just looking way too deep into this whole transmutation? You thing? might be looking a little too deep. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're thinking way too much OMG science here. Yeah, I know, right? I, I I just I have to think about those things because my brain won't let me do otherwise. I just I just think of it as it's they're just it's just changing the state of it and uh and everything so it it works perfectly for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, I just have to like stop thinking about cuz it's it's a freaking transmutation thing. It's not real to begin with. And then <laughs> right. I'm able to go, oh, it's yeah. like yeah. two guys become one, Bell. That well, that, wait, that makes sense. It's legal now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, 
so that was pretty cool. So we, we, we see some transmutation. We see some abilities we hadn't seen in a while. And uh, we also see the final piece of the spear. So now our heroes, uh, they, they start bolting out of there. And uh, for some reason, Adam, you know, I'm surprised he wasn't the one that, that tripped off uh, Eobar to their presence. Because, you know, when you get the size of a, of a you know, G.I. Joe figure, right? you're pretty easy to see. Right, and you can hear those jets and the Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. And he saw him a week ago. Yes, in the same size. <laughs> well, we don't know exactly. This could be a different Eobard or the same Eobard but from a different time. Ah, uh, so it was like timey, timey. Yeah. There's so many Eobards working together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, but yeah, so so they find out uh the since the safe was transmuted we now have jelly beans there and that's what tipped them off but they managed to escape uh reverse flash wasn't fast enough which is weird to catch them uh and they get off the ship and now they have the spear and so the spear wants to put itself together <laughs> and that's that's what it does it just it's it's like it's like terminator uh or like the t1000 i guess in the terminator movies it just decides you know it's like melts together and then turns into another spear it's pretty neat um but yeah, so now we have the spear. The spear's ready. And uh, did you think that the spear being the the, the, the spear that pierced Christ, this, this, this you know, Lance of Longinus, this alter, you know, reality-altering device, would be evil? Was that a surprise it's to anybody evil, else? Though, is it? I mean, it kind of came across to me as being evil. Because the... the no, way- it just wants to be used. Right, but it, it, it like you know it gets in your head and it corrupts you and it and it and it, it it seems to me like it makes you want to change reality, want to abuse its power. It's absolute power. Yeah, but what if it doesn't consider its use to be abusive? It just considers it to be its use. It's just kind of like, hey, I'm a microwave. You should use me. It just right. happens when you use the microwave because human are are bad. <laughs> you, you'll end up, you know, spying on a presidential candidate. Or you bake that food and that food decides to kill you. Yeah, yeah you know. Poison, right. But yeah. Uh, or hot pockets. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, hot pockets, one bite burns your mouth, so you just bite it again <laughs> and then it freezes your mouth, so it just yeah. you end up just being equal. <laughs> oh hot pockets. Hot pockets. Hot pockets. Uh <laughs> so yeah, so anyway, uh the spear gets put together. And uh, now we get to see Will's prediction come true, and uh, <laughs> they're talking about destroying it, and sure enough, Mick pulls out his gun, and he shoots it, and for some reason, it doesn't kill everyone in the room, because it's like an absolute hot gun, but you know what? Too much OMG science. We're not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but and, and instead, what we get... I, I love the, the... There's so many references to, to Tolkien's work in this, in this uh, episode, this one being one of the uh, more, you know, not tongue in cheek ones, but just so he, uh, you know, Mick hits it with the spear, and then we see an uh, an inscription appear in it, just like the ring when you throw it in fire. Uh, now at, at this point, though, Tolkien wasn't on the ship, correct? Correct. Okay, because a lot of these other references that they have uh, were in direct contact with Tolkien, and so you know, you can kind of see Tolkien picking up the influence, which which brings me to. Uh, a point here that I want to talk about. Now, did we, or not we, I guess, did the legends just create a causal loop? Because what they're doing right here, quoting Aragorn, uh, the ring, you know, all these different pieces of the book and saying all this kind of stuff to Tolkien, did they create a causal loop where they inspired Tolkien to write Lord of the Rings, which inspired them to, you know, I guess, read the quotes back to him in the future, past? Well, they did the same thing with Lucas, didn't they? Yeah, it's kind of true. So I, I call it the legends think they're Forrest Gump. <laughs> that's really what it is. I think they think they're Forrest Gump. They are Forrest Gump, and that's that's what that's what it is. Soon they're going to go and rewrite reality that they're the owners of the Bubba Gump Show Company, right? <laughs> and you know they're going to meet John Lennon and tell him imagine, yeah, <laughs> and then you know have a nice day and crap happens and <laughs> yeah, and then, you know yeah, then they're going to show their butt to JFK. Exactly. Or LBJ, sorry, LBJ. I've got to pee. Yeah, he told Kennedy he had to pee. Uh, oh, and they're going to go play football for Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
but uh but yeah kyle you think you think uh, i mean this doesn't seem i guess out of the wheelhouse of the legends to create causal loops but uh it just seems to me like that would kind of screw stuff up well it's the legends they do love to screw up history so it's not it's not far-fetched at all <laughs> so okay so at this point then who is better at screwing up timelines barry allen or the legends um well barry because it's n- because it's seen more um and the legends are legends just like to screw it up less they just like creating causal loops it seems whereas barry yeah. likes to just create alternate realities that cause supervillains to come to power and you know kill your wife correct <laughs> wow i didn't kill my wife no <laughs> i care. don't care <laughs> now i'm going to jump out of a storm drain that's over a dam it's and kind of a weird place for that to be the guy is fish food all right then go grab a keg pole catch fish and ate them <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh so so uh the legends now go and find richard kimball and it's part of their mission to help him exonerate himself because he knows the location wow, of the blood that can uh, – uh, well, I, I guess we should talk about the, the inscription first before we got off, off yes. trail. Uh, and then I'll get back to Richard Kimball. <laughs> yeah, we have to really. <laughs> I'm surprised I remembered his name. Uh, Dr. Richard Kimball. Sorry, Dr. Richard Kimball. So the inscription that Mick uncovers on the staff, uh, it, it basically talks about born from blood, uh, unbound by blood. And what that means is the blood of Christ created it. The blood of Christ can, al- Christ can also destroy it. And uh, unfortunately, though, nobody knows where to find the blood of Christ except for Nate and his super. Like his superpower is being is not you know having metal skin. That's that's kind of just a a bonus. His superpower is being a researcher. And having a degree in history, <laughs> because yeah. even though he has superpowers, his biggest asset to the team has been all of his knowledge of these historical things. And so, uh, of course, he knows about an unpublished paper by J.R.R. Tolkien that's talking about the legend of a knight who, when he came back from the crusade, didn't bring the Holy Grail back, but instead brought a vial of the blood of Christ. Um now, is this? Does anybody know about this particular paper? I I wasn't familiar with it. I mean, my I know a lot about Lord of the Rings lore and stuff like that, but about Tolkien himself, I'm not too familiar. I actually I I read something on that. Okay, okay, yeah. What what did you hear? Let me see. Hold on. It's um I've got it here. It said uh, all right, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our fugitive has been on the run for ninety minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injury, is four miles per hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want from each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, and doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up in 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Bo York. Go get him. <laughs> That's exactly what it said verbatim. Okay, so it was talking about the uh, the, the, the night, like his blood couldn't yes. have gone <laughs> further than six miles. <laughs> because it was on foot. I it was see. on the run. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, on the run. yeah, yeah, yeah. They oh. want a hard target search of, for the blood. What what's the difference between a hard target search and a soft target search, or just a, <laughs> a or a search? I mean, yeah. I don't know if if there's it, a hard target and soft target search. I really think Tommy Lee Jones just needed that in there for his cadence because he that whole thing he had a cadence. Oh yeah, oh yeah. His character, <laughs> which I can't remember that character's name. That would be Sam Gerard. Sam Gerard, thank you. Yeah, You're his welcome. character is. Uh, <laughs> I love that movie. Are you kidding? Oh, I memorize so that. <laughs> So good, <laughs> but so seriously good. though. <laughs> Sorry, That's aside from Richard fugitive Kimball, TV talk. <laughs> fugitive TV talk. Welcome to it. Uh, I, you know, this 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 unpublished paper that he had, uh, where he where he does this research on this on this knight who came back from the Crusades and was buried in a church. Uh, is that Sir real? Gawain? Do what under what? Uh, Sir Gawain, wasn't it? Yes, 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 yes. Um, no idea if it was real. Okay. I was curious about that. I didn't have time to research it beforehand because uh, honestly, I, oh, I also didn't know that Tolkien was in World War One. Yeah, yeah, that's actually true. Uh, all of that's yep. true because he, uh, a lot of his inspiration for Lord of the Rings, especially the Shire uh, and the the you know the horrors of of uh, of industry and war and all this kind of stuff, like ravaging countrysides. Uh, that's kind of you know the basis of a lot of the book. 
uh, you know, the Shire, these gentle, peaceful folk. And then, you know, you see, um, you know, industry being represented by, uh, uh, Saruman and Sauron. And, you know, I guess war kind of being represented by Sauron industry more by Saruman. And, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that they, that they had that in there. And it wasn't like we're going to this town and and we're quoting it. But, uh, yeah, it was really nice to see the actual historical factor there. And that, that's why I was curious because they actually included the World War One bit. I was curious as to whether or not the, uh, this unpublished paper that he had was something that was real or if that's just something that was fake that they made for the show to tie everything into it. We'll maybe get a McGuffin paper. Yes. Listeners. <laughs> yeah. oh, listeners. If you know, please write us or email us, send us a carrier pigeon, a smoke signal. Smoke signals uh, are cool. Signal light, if you would like. Uh, if you know Morse code, that'll be fine. <clears throat> uh, telegraph, telephone. Telebion. The beacons of Gondor. Yes. Yes. The beacons <laughs> the of Gondor. J.R.R. Tolkien's file was actually written. Instead of, you know, Gondor calls for aid. But yeah, so... Rohan will answer. Yes. <laughs> so Rohan, in this case, did answer, and it answered in the form of the legends uh, <laughs> going to World War One in order to find Tolkien and get the information from his uh, unpublished paper. And they, when they find him, you know, he he's suffering. Uh, that, that that was actually another thing that was true is he had typhoid fever, I believe. Uh, that's what got right. him out of the war. Uh, and so they go and they take him onto the futuristic spaceship and cure him instantly, which. Man, that would have been awesome. Uh, <laughs> and anybody totally. else, I figure in that situation would probably be like, hey, do you mind if we heal everyone in our army and fix everyone up? Because, yeah. you know, a lot of people died today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they steal Tolkien. They find out uh, uh, where this church is that they need to go to, which was conveniently on the same. Uh, no, actually, where did they travel to, to go to find the church? It was, I thought it was, it was a, in the same area. It was in the same area, but it was a place where the fighting had already gone through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, so they go in there and they, uh, you know, they look for this relic and they, they happen to find what is probably the same prop that they used in Indiana Jones in the last crusade. <laughs> To represent uh, the cup that the Nazi guy thought was the cup of Christ. <laughs> Surely this is the cup of kings. <laughs> but in this instance, they actually. <laughs> yeah. In this instance, so the legends actually chose wisely. And for some reason, all you had to do is just be in the room at any point in time during the day. And the sunlight hits the <laughs> ruby. <laughs> <laughs> Another Indiana Jones reference. Two Indiana Jones yes, references. Good Indiana Jones reference. In the same scene. That's pretty impressive. Seriously, uh, they just ran out of things, man. <laughs> they're yeah. like, we're going to do Lucas and Token. That's it. <laughs> yes. Next year, they're going to do like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe with oh, C.S. Lewis. Yeah, C.S. Lewis and who else? C.S. Lewis. Season, that'll be season three. Yeah. C.S. <laughs> Lewis and John George Scott. George R.R. Martin. They'll, George get, R. R. they'll Martin do it. Great. <laughs> just like legends keep dying left and right. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think if you die on Legends of Tomorrow, you don't come back. If you die on Arrow, you come on Legends. If you die on Flash, you come on Legends. If you die on Legends, where do you go? You you go back in time. You get a earlier version of yourself, and you come back. Oh right. yeah, that's right. And that's exactly what we see. The Legion of Doom do. Doom do. Doom do really? I just made a boom boom. <laughs> so, so we see the legion of doom employ this tactic yeah there we go <laughs> we see the legion of doom employ this tactic and uh what they do is they exploit the fact that mick has a mental condition that makes him see captain cole people yeah <laughs> he basically has this sense <laughs> i see dead people and uh All the time yeah and so they, they bring back dead. that would be the weirdest thing to me right Bruce Willis was dead in that movie. If you haven't seen it, spoiler, haha. Yeah, that's Go true. On. It was spoiled for me. It was actually spoiled for me. Uh, was it really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, oh. I was so, my brother. My brother spoiled it for me. What? He's like, oh, have you not seen Sixth Sense? Oh, super cool. Yeah, Bruce Willis is like dead the whole time. He doesn't know it. It's crazy. That's so disappointing. Like, my brother's name Richard by any chance? No, but he was a oh. dick. Ayo. Oh. 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 I'm not on the drum yet. Oh wait, oh, wait. there it is. <laughs> 
but yeah, so, uh, they go, the, 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 in order to, I guess to equalize the playing field is what they're looking for because they keep getting their butts handed to them at every turn. Uh, the Legion of Doom decides to recruit another villain. And so they recruit Captain Cold because they know that maybe they don't know. Maybe they're just, they know. Yeah. Which is interesting though, because I assume that they knew because that would make sense for why Mick would tell him everything. Right. Because if they didn't know, I guess they were putting a whole lot of trust and faith in the fact that Cold could corrupt Mick no matter what. Right. Because I feel the reason why Mick was so out there with the plan was because he thought he was a hallucination. Or I'm sorry, an illumination. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, and so when he shows up, like you would think that... uh, the way he coaxes the plan out of them would make me think at least that the Legion knew that Mick had some problems with seeing Captain Cold. Yeah, but I think they were just banking on the fact that Mick and Cold are partners. Like, the, And, you know, the head thing really didn't play much of a role. Like, I think they were just counting on the fact that if Captain Cold showed up, and they probably looked at the tape in the base and saw, like, you know, Heat Wave looking at longingly at the rubble, and were like, oh... Hey, this could work, <laughs> you know. Okay. And, and he and he did. He was like, you know, we're, they were partners. They were, you know. So I think I think that's more of what they were going for. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting to me though because I don't know if it would have been weird to see how Mick would have uh, if he if he had been having the mental thing would have reacted to seeing there and whether or not he would have just straight up told them exactly what their plan was. Uh, so I thought that was kind of, kind of weird, but, uh, so yeah, so, so the, the Legion now knows exactly what they're planning on doing. Uh, so they set up an ambush at the church that the legends are now going to in order to find this, uh, tomb of this, of this knight saint. What's his face? What was the knight's name? Gawain. 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 Was he the guy that fought the dragon? No. Who was the knight that fought so. the dragon? Sir Guy went in the green knight? No, in the green... What is it? I don't know. Anyway. I might have been Gawain the green knight, but I don't think that was Tolkien. Well, yeah, that wasn't Tolkien, but there was... Uh, uh, it was another uh, figure in, in British mythology that fought a dragon. Right. I can't remember. Anyway. I think it was Gawain fought the dragon, yes. Okay, cool. So uh, they they get to the church and they find the cup of Christ and they use it at the proper angle of you know eleven forty two p.m. Uh, or a.m. I guess <laughs> and it illuminates the floor. But this was what's neat, what's, what was neat too is they had the inscription on the cup uh, was uh, old English I believe it was uh, or old. It was malt liquor. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a cup of malt liquor, and they drank it was a forty. A 40? Yeah. <laughs> And that's what they, that's, that's how they, they just got drunk and were able to decipher it. But yeah, cause a lot, a lot of Tolkien's, uh, you know, work on the Elvish languages and a lot of the other languages in, um, in his books are based off of actual languages, such as, you know, Celtic, uh, runes for the dwarves. And the Elvish language, I think, was based on old forms of English, maybe back before it was like we say today. Sounds about right. Before it was English. Yeah. Before it was English, English. It was like old, right. old English, like old E, like O L D E, oldie English. And uh, so that was a cool little homage that they paid there. Uh, so and 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 luckily, you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> the legends apparently I think live in a video game world because one of the columns was damaged. And like in a video game, you know, when you're walking in the hallway <laughs> and you see you see like one area of pixels that looks a little bit different from the other, it's like, hmm, I bet there's a secret behind that wall. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Sure enough, there was. They kick it in, and there's the knight standing guard over this tomb for a long time. And in our third Indiana Jones reference in this one scene, we have Tolkien, after being ambushed by the Legion, uh, and they're they're going to escape. Uh, He goes to get the marking of the shield of this knight, because I presume that's important. (laughs) Yeah! No, Dr. Jones, you belong in a museum. <laughs> Good line. Oh, it's a, yeah. a great line. Yeah. So now uh, we know that uh, we, we, we get this very important shield 
what are they called? Etching imprint thingy, which turns out to be a map. And the map that's going to lead us directly to the blood. However, as we discussed earlier, we know that the uh, Legion knows exactly where they're going to, or I, I, I guess they know exactly what they're going to do. And so I guess they're following in the, in the background. Like, how are they, how are they chasing them without the, the legends knowing? I mean, that's, um, do they have their own stealth ship? I, my guess would just be Eobard. Okay. So he's just kind of like, you know, running really fast and they can't see him. Yeah. That, that's my only, that's my only guess. Unless they're being really stealthy and not um, being seen at all, which I guess yes is stealthy. Haha. <laughs> um, yeah, that my I guess it's just Eobar just running around. Yeah. So uh, the, I, also, I guess you know they saw that that Tolkien wanted the etching on the on the shield. So there's they had control of the church afterwards. There's no telling why they couldn't have just gone and you know gotten their own etching. I guess. Uh so anyway, we know now where the blood is based on this map that Tolkien was able to, to get off the night. However, it happens to be during one of the most bloody battles in human history. And uh, the it makes things a little bit harder to get the blood when, you know, there's a battle going on, especially a right. World War One battle. Uh, now, I, are either of you steeped in World War One history? Because my World War One history is not very much. I... I'm, Not so much me, no. Yeah, okay. I played Battlefield One, and that's about the most <laughs> World War One history that I know. So I know, I know, right? I know, and and I wish I'd done a little bit more research on this, but I was trying to figure out because I know there's a Christmas Day truce, but that was uh, that was in World War One, uh, where they had a Christmas Day truce, and I want to say there's a couple other ceasefires and i was trying to figure out whether or not this ceasefire that happened here was one that was uh historically accurate or if they were just trying to do a ceasefire in order to uh you know for plot purposes obviously or if they're trying to play off of one that already existed but i wasn't able to find that uh in the in the time that i had so i apologize i failed you all but um yeah, so uh, now we have another situation where uh, we, we can't have Firestorm to help fight the battle <laughs> because, I mean, that wouldn't be too fair, would it? Uh, have a, a super-powered dude melting Germans? I mean, as fun as that would be, yeah, no, they can't really do that. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, th- so what we do is we split up into teams and we have, uh, who was it? It was Nate and uh, Rip go... Nate- Amaya, no, it going, going to, to find to, the blood to, to the uh, to the generals to call for the the the. Uh, it was fire. It was Rip and Tolkien. That's and right for the British, and then to the Huns, it was or the Germans, it was um, Ray and Stein. Yeah, Ray. I don't know about Ray, but I think Stein. I don't know about Ray. <laughs> I mean, you know, the Germans are always the bad guy, and I guess you know it's one of those things where, uh, which make which Mick makes mention of it that he gets to fight Nazis. Yeah, no, they weren't Nazis. That's right. right. Oh, he that's had to a, be that's... told they weren't Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> these are Nazis. They're Huns. Um, so yeah, so so it turns out that Tolkien, I guess, just uh, you know, beat his superior officer. Or was that was that Rip? That was Mick or Rip? Yeah, okay. Rip was the one who uh, punched him. So they punch him. He makes his classic Aragorn speech, which I thought was kind of on the nose. But I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, well, you also had Stein say probably one of the best memes of internet history. One does not simply walk. Yes. Yes. One does not simply walk into a battlefield. I forgot about that. And I'm glad you yes. reminded me on that. Yeah. <laughs> When I heard it, when I heard it, I had to rewind it because I'm like, they did not do that, did they? Yeah. It, and they did. I'm like, yes. That was Episode great. Made. Yes. Yes. That was perfect. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are a lot of Tolkien references here and it was really cool, but I, I really appreciated that one. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, oh, man. Now there's going to be like Stein memes of one does not simply walk into a battlefield. I'm okay with that. I am too. Uh, <laughs> so they're able to get a ceasefire to go between these two armies by rip quoting Aragorn, um, <laughs> which was pretty neat. 
Yes. Uh, and of course, Tolkien's there to hear it and to, you know, steal it verbatim because that was the speech verbatim. <laughs> so, right. so we have a situation here where Tolkien is either plagiarizer or not because it depends on the whole causal loop thing as to whether or not, you know, they inspired Tolkien or Tolkien wrote it before they went back in time. I don't know. We're not going to talk about causalities and time loops and weirdness. Well, didn't we figure out that uh, the Hobbit came out in the thirties? Was it forties? Uh, Hobbit was it? Oh yeah, you know I don't, I don't remember. We, we we actually did talk about that. Um, we talked about it last week. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it was. And we're certainly going to remember how wrong I was. It was <laughs> at least 1937 for the Hobbit. Okay, so that was definitely after World War One. Yeah. So yeah, during during the the midst of World War Two. Yeah. Uh so yeah. So I I guess, you know, Tolkien kind of plagiarizes himself. <laughs> <laughs> if you really sit down and think about it. Um but yeah, so they end up they 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 get this uh this armstice here, this little piece that they have, and they decide to just walk out onto the battlefield and shake hands with the enemy and, and, and have fun. But uh the, the I, I I guess you know the spear is attracted to the blood. I guess that makes sense. But for the <laughs> the fact that there's just a box that was unearthed by a bomb, I thought that was pretty dumb. Uh, <laughs> what did you guys think? I, I I figured there'd be like a coffer or some kind of like you know blown in grave or something like that with the blood there. Uh, with, and for there to be this relic on the battlefield, I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, it 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 was kind of a on the nose sort of thing. They, I mean, it could have been like, yeah, what you said, like in a coffin or like something of like a crest of like the nice of the round table. Yeah. Sort yeah. Of thing. But uh, I don't know. It was just odd that it was just kind of sitting there, but you know what? We had to get it because it's kind of required. Um, however, as is the legions want, they show up right <laughs> at the nick of time and end up with, an interesting call, I think. Um, this was this was kind of my issue with the episode, and and, the, and there's two parts about that. The one is we had a lot of character development last season with Captain Cold. He kind of right. took on a anti-hero approach, uh, which which was, I mean, I think that was good. You know, we we saw a little bit of that on the Flash with the whole Barry and Captain Cold treaty that they that they had. And things of that nature where, you know, he's not just a ruthless thief. He actually has a code of honor and he sticks to it. And so they kind of expanded on that in Legends and made him sort of an anti-hero. And he dies in that way. He dies saving the rest of the team. Uh, they totally just circumvented that by getting him at an earlier point in time where he hadn't made those character developments. So that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Do you think this is a cheap thing or or is this just, you know, I mean, something that they had to do? Because uh, it, it feels kind of like all of that character development is just gone out to the wind, and and I don't know how much I like that. So, but what did what did you think, Will? I mean, uh, am, am I am well, I overreacting? I guess, no, I I have to agree with you there. I mean, it it, it kind of seems like you know they we always knew they were going to eventually bring Start or Snart back by you know a, like the day they killed him, they showed him back in the past. Yeah, but yeah, it does kind of seem like they're kind of taking away all that that development but i think i think we haven't seen the full story yet the whole mick churn the whole snart being the way he is and i don't think we've got all the information from this yet i like i said there's a part of me that wonders like okay vanishing point looked pretty you know well put together yeah what if he did survive what if they did pull him out what if this is still the start but he's you know he's playing down yeah like he's doing a long con on these guys, huh. you know, because they've already reset time, you know, spoiler or yeah. reset reality already. And, you know, maybe he put in some sort of, I don't know, backup thing. It's a speculation more, but I, yeah, yeah I don't, if, if it's just as it is, then yeah, they undid a lot of snart stuff, but I don't think it's going to stay that way. I think he's. The whole spirit destiny thing. I think if anybody's coming back from this, it's Snart. Yeah, yeah. And Eobard. Snart and Eobard. Yeah, because I mean they realized they screwed up. They wrote <laughs> themselves into a bit of a corner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So I mean, Kyle, do you think it's a cheap kind of kind of route, or are you thinking the long con, or uh, uh, I mean, I mean, how do we go from here with Snart? Um, no, I think I think Snart is not doing the long con. I think that is the the season one and two Flash Leonard Snart. I don't think he's going to come back as a as a hero or anti hero. Okay. So I think that think this snart is is here to stay. So meaning that he's, he'll probably be back in Flash too. Ah, okay. Okay. So you think they're going to bring this Flash or this this snart that hasn't had all those uh, character developments now? But but here's the question though: At what point did they pull him? Did they pull him after he had the deal with Barry, or did they pull him earlier before season one, uh, or you know before he made a bunch of changes in season one even in of the Flash? Um, I well, think he it, made the deal with, deal with Barry pretty quick, and I mean, it was shortly after he got the ice gun. He didn't have an ice gun before. It was season one. It was That's it true. was definitely the first season. It was the, I think it was uh, episode fourteen of the first season. Right. So did they grab him? From I think, there, I think they grabbed him, um, from season. Well, yeah, season two of The Flash. I think it's when he went to jail. Okay. Interesting. So then this will be... Because this- then, then you can at least have him. Or, no, they, they grab him out of jail. Because after he's um, he escaped from jail from with the trickster and the weather wizard, I think right. that's when they picked him up. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. This will, this will be interesting to see. Um and and it's kind of let's see here. This is we're, we're we're sort of getting there. So let's finish out what happens in the episode. So essentially, what happens is um, we have Snart and uh, uh, Merlin and Eobard show up. Not I'm sorry, not Merlin. Damien show up. They take the spear, and Mick actually joins them. So now we have a situation where Mick's or uh, where Snart's constant you know they're going to betray you they're they don't they're not your friends all this kind of stuff it seems to affect mick in a way that instantly makes him decide well it's not really an instant sort of thing he, he seems sort of you know trepidatious about it but he decides to go with the legion of doom and betray his teammates now this is another kind of thing where i was kind of like huh so because mick's made a lot of development probably the most development on any character on the show thus far uh going from where he was to where he is now uh, and, and so, so this seems like a thing that's the same kind of thing with Captain Cold. It seems sort of like a, a weird reversal of character. And uh, I was wondering what you guys thought about his change in relation to the Snart change, and whether or not that's something they're trying to do because they need to, and they felt like maybe they they wrote themselves into a hole, or if this is something that's we just hadn't seen. Like, like Will, like you were saying, we hadn't seen the rest of it, so we don't really know what's going on yet. Kyle, what do you think, man? <laughs> it's like, who's he going to ask? I think we're going we're gonna to have some uh, Mick like, feeling bad about his decision. <laughs> sad Mick? And sad Mick, yes. It's going to be a uh, hello, darkness, my old friend Mick. <laughs> we, um, I think... After what happens with the Spear of Destiny, it's going to uh, have him be that kind of like, oh, sh- oh crap, I screwed up sort of thing. Well, so do you think that it's it's one of those issues where, you know, the opportunity to change his childhood with the Spear and to, uh, you know, do all those things with it has corrupted him? Or is this a situation where he's like, maybe this is the best way for me to beat the Legion is to join them sort of thing or is he just completely not good guy anymore i mean he could be doing this all for himself and snart but i think that generally he's he didn't want to um rewrite all of reality he just wanted to rewrite the things about himself yeah so it's not like the way that, say, Dark or Merlin or Eobard would use it, but more of in a way of like, oh, yeah, you know, I wasn't horribly abused as a child. Right. Okay. Uh, but, Will, I mean, it, 
do you think Mick is capable of something like like that, like a long con sort of thing, or is this just him purely being selfish? I don't think it's him being selfish. I think yeah, I think he's I, I I think he's trying to do some sort of con. And again, I feel like we don't know the whole story because I mean, unless they're unless this is how they're going to write him out. Do you know what I mean? Like, unless yeah. unless we're right and Flash is going to get their rogues back, okay. And if this is how they write them out, okay. Now you got me. Uh, any other reason other than that to kick it? You know, to do this and let Legends is going to lose some points with me. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, and I think from there, let's, so 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 basically, the, the you know they get the spear, they take it back, uh, and it looks like from our next episode we're in this new reality and uh i think the best the, what we need to do right now is is, is is speculate so i think it's time for speculation <laughs> it's time Yes, we needed that because this is a dramatic, dramatic instance here because we don't know what the heck is going to happen on next week's episode because the Legion of Doom has taken the Spear of Destiny and reforged reality to however they want it to be. And who knows what that could be? So let's let's just. Well, I've got an idea. Let's just jump into it, Bill. Go for it. What's your idea? Before they started doing the Spear of Destiny, they made a point on the Wave Rider to say, Let's, you know, well, maybe they don't know how to use it. Maybe, what if they don't, you know, I have a plan. Maybe they don't know how to use it. And then all of a sudden they go to use it and magically somebody has an instruction manual. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there going, you know what? What if they wrote the instruction manual <laughs> and they put in some sort of back door to undo all of this? That is interesting. So they send Merlin out to go find the book because he just shows up out of nowhere and he's like, right. oh, yeah, here's this instruction manual on how to use this thing. So <laughs> so the legends go back and actually write that manual that Merlin goes and finds. Is that right. what you're saying? That's awesome. Yeah. I think- it's just an idea. I'm not saying that's definitely what's going to happen, but it would make the most sense and, you know, allow them a, right, a way out of the corner that they're writing themselves into. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, yeah, Kyle, so a, a secret backdoor program. What do you do? You, that that sounds pretty neat. Do you think they're going to go that way, or, or do you have any other? It sounds pretty neat. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think that they're going to defeat the Legion in this new reality. They're wherever wherever the Legends are in this new reality. They're all going to come together. They're going to defeat the Legion, and then they're all gonna, they're going to use the spear to rewrite rewrite reality. To how it was, and destroy the spear. Then, like rewrite reality without the spear. Yeah, they could even do it that way too. Hmm. Interesting. And maybe I think they will, though. Like then, they'll be like, find let's bring home. back Snart. Let's bring back Thon. They'll make a deal with Thon. They'll be like, you oh, know, okay. what, help us get this to be destroyed, and you know, we'll so- we'll bring you back. Yeah, so so here's what's interesting. I, I I like that uh you know we were talking about earlier how Mick and, and Cole they have these character reversals because of how they uh, how Captain Cole was brought back and how the team sort of I felt like the whole situation was retconned where they never really trusted him because I felt like there were instances where they did trust Mick in previous episodes, um and so that felt kind of retconny. But you know if this is how like Will you were saying they're going to bring Heatwave and Captain Cold back, uh. That would kind of suck, and I would be mad at Legends for doing that. I'd be glad to have them back on Flash, but it's kind of a crappy way to sort of write them out of this. However, the thing that makes me wonder about what's going on is Mick seems to be the one driving the Legends to fight this alternate reality in the new in the new episode. Uh, because I think it was Mick who tells uh, Mullet Nate <laughs> that, that uh, the reality has been rewritten, and so I'm curious to see where they're going to go with that. It's uh, 
does he have a change of heart? And and here's another question that I have. If you rewrite reality with the spear, do you retain your memories from your previous reality? What do you think? Will? Or do you snap back to reality? Well, oh, there, there goes, goes gravity. gravity. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> oh, there goes rabbity choked. <laughs> well, at least from the trailer, it looks like at least Nate and Mick uh, retain their memories, but they could also it could also be like a triggering sort of thing where their where their memories are replaced or come back. Okay, so yeah, that that's that's my thing. Because Unless the, Nate's just that good of a historian, he remembers everything. <laughs> <laughs> Alternate realities. See, I'm telling you, that's his superpowers. He knows the history of every reality, uh, even Earth 49B. <laughs> well, especially because we're getting down to the last two episodes. So we have one episode after this one coming yeah. next week. Yeah, so is that going to be a conclusion episode? or Because that's where we're left off here. It seems like some of the legends work for Merlin and Dark. Uh, some of the legends have mullets. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's no telling where some of the other ones are. It just, it, uh, this is, is next episode going to be the one with the most stuff in it. And then the season finale is going to be the cleanup or are we going to have I, another. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, Finish. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, or we just have another episode of them building to a climax on the season finale. I mean, what, what do you think, Kyle? I think, I think they're going to wrap everything up in six in the next episode. And then they're going and then they're going to um, go off on their next session or that. Yeah. Me too. I think they're going to reset. I think, you know, are they going to bring a Maya or can they bring a Maya in season three? Who knows? Um, I don't see them getting rid of Nate, but you know, yeah, I have to agree too. Cause I don't think they knew either that they were renewed. Like they, they got two extra episodes and then I think they filmed them and they probably, you know, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they left this so that it's a little bit closed, just in case. Because I, yeah. So you know, they send Amaya home, and they send Nate with her, and you know, make it so that everybody kind of has a little bit of an ending. And I mean, they don't have to worry too much about a cliffhanger because, given the nature of this universe, at least one of the Arrowverse shows was going to remain. So if they needed to wrap things up, they can do that. Yeah, you know. So, and here's my thinking: is it yeah? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No, I just I think it's going to be you know, I think they're going to reset reality, and they're going to spend this next episode going through it and trying to find the little subtle changes before Rip you know basically sends them all on their way for the summer. Hmm. Yeah, here's Maybe. I want to know how this what is going to affect um, <laughs> that too. How this is going to affect like uh flash and arrow. Is it going to, are they going to do an, are they going to do an episode like everyone had hoped for, for flashpoint or are they just going to go on their merry way and act like nothing happened? I want that so bad. Like next week, just out of nowhere, it's a completely yeah. different universe. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's just, yeah, next week we're watching flash and like, it's, you know, I don't know what would happen to the Flash. I'm sure he probably at the end of at the end of the episode. There's like a quick, there's like a quick flash, and then it it changes and then it changes back. Yeah, and then that's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, because like that's you know they they didn't do the only tie into Flashpoint that they had on the other shows uh, was Baby Jessica, right? No, baby, what was it? No, nope. Baby, baby, baby Sarah. Baby Sarah. Baby Sarah. Yeah, baby Sarah being turned into into baby uh, uh, John. John, baby JJ, baby. So JJ. they could have Connor Hawk. <laughs> They're yeah. like, oops. Yeah, because like, you gotta have Connor Hawk. It's like, well, now we have a chance to do it. So there we go. Um, I don't see Legends having the pull to be able to include itself in other shows. So. I unfortunately don't think they're going to do it. I think it'd be really, really awesome if they at least paid some kind of nod to it. Um, but yeah, that's that kind of sucks that they're not going to go that route. Uh, so, so the consensus then is that they're going to, uh, redo reality and then tie everything up. You think since they didn't know they were renewed, they're going to, uh, fix everything next episode, last episode, kind of have a, you know, a, a closure moment, which I think would be really, really good to do because a lot of times you have seasons, they set themselves up for a further season or shows will set themselves up for a further season mm -hmm. and then they don't get renewed <laughs> and then you're <laughs> stuck going, ah, oh, man. So. 
Yeah, you're stuck on that cliffhanger that doesn't get answered. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be cool to see them actually kind of uh, uh, bring a season to a close, especially if they're going to rotate cast. Because I'm sure not everybody's going to be on the on the show. You know, as Legends goes on, they're going to get new people and drop people out. So you know, it'd be nice to see a closure for the characters before they just straight up remove them for the next season. Who would you want in season three to replace Sayamaya? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh let's so who are our options, I guess? Oh Grod, if they might <laughs> no. how awesome would you it know be who if I, they brought Grod on the Legends. I I, I I know who I would want to replace Amaya. Who? Vic the But the I don't know if they can do it. She's too she's too powerful. I don't think they can do it. Zatanna? Zatanna. Ooh, Zatanna. Zatanna would be cool. They could ooh, oh, they could just bring, bring Zatanna in. They could bring in just as a out of the blue new one. What if they brought in Constantine? Yeah, that's I, just it. Constantine and Zatanna everyone, and go toward the magic. Everyone oh, wants, do like, could, everyone wants Constantine. I would want it, but I don't think in his schedule it's allow it, it will it'll allow him to do it. Oh yeah. Because he's also got the uh the animated show coming up. Oh that's true. But like how so you know we have Justice League Dark. How cool would it be if we had Legends Dark? Where it was, you know, magic based, and they go throughout history finding bad magicians. It'd be interesting to watch. Yeah, Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Oh. No, they're having. No, they're having a Booster Gold movie. Bring me Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Bring them Trust, both in. I would love that, but they won't do it. And the only reason is because Greg Berlanti is writing the Booster Gold movie. They won't do it. I know, but it would be so freaking cool if they did. No, so because where's it supposed to? His father or his son, and mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what if they what if they used Rip instead of Booster, and and they brought Blue Beetle in? Do you think they, they could? They Bo- could do that? I think I think they would bring in Blue Beetle. I do too. But they bring in Jaime Reyes. Unfortunately, they could because <laughs> and it's not a drama, but it's just they still haven't uh, shown Ted Cord at all. But there's been mention right. of him right. in the Arrow universe. Yeah, so they could have Jaime Reyes. Because I I I would prefer Michael Connor and, and and Ted Cord like just the two of them. Heck, bring Beatrice, bring Fire in. <laughs> you oh, Beatrice you could have a, uh, You already have Justice a fire effect. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, that would be kind of cool. You know, bring in Beatrice. Bring in you know if you want to bring in Ice. You know. Do you think there's a possibility of bringing any any other JSA members in? Uh would they they all dead now? They're all except for Obsidian <laughs> and Star Girl. Yeah, Obsidian Star Star Girl's gone native though. I don't know if she'd leave Camelot. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that, that can also be an avenue. But yeah, the, I'm curious to see where they're going to go. I'm really excited actually for these for these next two episodes. I think uh, me too. Th- there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to happen. It's going to be really really interesting, and I'm I'm mainly excited because I don't know the implications it's going to be on the Flash, and so I'm hoping it's going to be good, and I'm hoping we're going to get our Captain Cold Heatwave back for Flash season four because as we oh yeah yeah I mean a- as we know uh, they they said at Paley Fest that there's not going to be a speedster villain in season four so my guess Good. is well as a, as a main as the main villain they could still have this they could still have speedsters show up like a villain yeah. of the week i could yeah. see them making a godspeed you know yeah but yes i'm i'm happy about that which means they got to go to the rogues i yeah. would love to see i would yeah it's it's interesting because i've been thinking too i mean i think after legends is done like I wish we could have done it before Legends goes to season finale, but there's no way we could put it together. I wanted to talk about putting together like a DC roundtable, DC TV roundtable before May sweeps, before everybody's finales to get kind of like mass speculation and, you know, just a big geek talk. But I, we just can't this time. But yeah. it's going to be interesting, like, too, because we're going to be off the air for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Longer than any other show. Mm-hmm. Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we, we might, uh, you know, as we hear some news and stuff, what we could do is we could just pick up, uh, you know, and, and record yeah. an episode or something do like that. Do pick up casts and yeah, yeah. Arrow TV. T- no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as stuff trickles in for season three. Absolutely there, Matthew Bell. Matthew Bell. Or, so, Matthew Bell, what do you think we're going to be doing next, Matthew Bell? What, what's happening, Matthew Bell? <laughs> is, that, is that back here? <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we'll be doing next. <laughs> is Bell. it mixed quote? It is. It's mixed quote of the week. Mixed quote. Mixed quote. Oh, wait. I'll use the real one. Yeah. <laughs> It's the That's never going to get old. Either. I'm so glad. That's never now. getting old. <laughs> That's going to be everything. So uh, we, we actually have what we have to add here. What was the one we, we were talking about earlier that we needed to add? I think I put it in there. It's down there. It's great for spatching those. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. 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 All right. Yeah. So we have we have we have three candidates today, uh, and. We're going to go ahead and let our resident Mick, <clears throat> Kyle, read those for us. Ah, piece of cake. You thought that was easy? No, I want a piece of cake and a beer. <laughs> That's our first pick for this week. You're in my head. You're a uh, illumination. <laughs> As he's talking to Captain <laughs> Second pick. And the third, third one, pick. late entry here. <laughs> it's great for scratching those hard to reach areas. Don't tell me you use the Spear of Destiny as a back scratcher. You said anything about my back. <laughs> so th- I vote number three. I'm sorry. I know I put it in, but I still vote number three. I don't know. I think using a, a, a relic that touched a deity uh, <laughs> to scratch, to scratch either place. one of your other reasons. Either one oh. of those places. <laughs> all right. All right. It's that one. So... <laughs> I think I think I think we're gonna have to go with uh with, with our third choice here. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, go ahead, give us one more read there, Kyle, uh, for the mix quote of the week. It's great for scratching those hard to reach areas. Don't tell me you use the spear of destiny as a back scratcher. Who said anything about my back? <laughs> well, that does it for this week, folks. Uh looks like we're out of time, but if you want to keep in touch with us while we travel the time stream, here's how. You can follow me on Twitter at ring that bell, spelled B-E-A-L-L. Uh, you can follow me at Kyle Krause 89 And you can follow me at W.R. Benson or look for the Week in Geek with Will and Tim podcast on Satchel, iTunes, or Google Play. Also, since email's still a thing, you can email us at legendstvtalk <laughs> at gmail.com. We also created a Facebook page, so be sure to like us there at facebook.com slash legendstvtalk. And, and like- you can watch us record there. Oh, yeah. You can also watch us live on Facebook. Live. Oh, uh, sorry, Kyle. No, that's good. And if you like this show, you can check out some of the other TV talk shows. Supergirl TV Talk, Starkville Labs, and Flash TV Talk with Bell and Bow. And while you're at it, check us out on iTunes and go ahead and give us a review and we'll read those. Re- Duh, I'll try this again. While you're at it, check us out on iTunes and give us a review and we'll read those reviews on the air. And don't forget, you can download all of the TV Talk podcasts on the Satchel Podcast Player. And we are now on the Google Play in the Google Play podcast section. And also, special thanks as always to Charlie Bach for making our bumps and outro music, with the exception exception of the dramatic gopher music we stole that from the internet. Uh, anyway, you can check out his other stuff at SoundCloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And as always, you stay classy, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs>